It had been too easy, Starkad thought. In the long, long voyage, only one ship had gone missing. There had been no Roman patrol boats in the Gallic Channel, no watchers on the bluffs flanking the estuary. The fishermen's huts where they beached the longboats had been deserted. Not a soul had disturbed them as they laid up the remaining hours of the day. Only their bulky shadows and a vixen about her own murderous business had made witness to their march inland in the treacherous starlight. The small market town of Augusta Ambionorum was unwalled. No geese had cackled, no dogs betrayed the approach. Neither call of nature nor providential deity had pulled a citizen from his slumber to raise the alarm. The sea-wolves had ringed the town, a party on each road. When the atheling Arkill was satisfied, he had made the signal. The Angles had set about their rapine with practised enthusiasm and the zeal of men long at sea. After the incomprehensible suddenness of the onset of catastrophe, it had proved a long night for many of the wretched women of the town, all too short and final for some of their men. In the dead, grey half-light before dawn, Starkad stood near the ornamental gate and looked back down the main street to the Forum. Unlike many of the warriors, he had neither raided into the Imperium nor served in the Roman forces before. The buildings were unusual to him, bigger, squarer, made of stone with tiled roofs, yet otherwise it could have been a settlement on Scandinavia or around the shores of the Swabian Sea. There were all the usual signs of a sacked town, the kicked-in doors, the casually smashed heirlooms, the weeping women, small children wailing, and here and there the splayed, humped dead. The smell of spilt alcohol, of vomit, excrement and blood, the rankness of unwashed men. Starkad thought only a man of no imagination could regard what he and his companions had wrought and not consider the implicit threat to his own family, to his own home. Clumsy and bleary with fatigue and drink, the angles were shuffling into a column of some one thousand along the wide street. The Aeols who commanded the ships chaffed the Duguth, and each of the latter did likewise to the ten warriors under them. All were well laden with plunder. They were not taking too many captives with them. These were divided into two groups, one of young women, the other of men of all ages. That night, the former had experienced a foretaste of their fate. If the male captives knew what their future held, the cowards among them might envy the lot of the women. The crewmen of Starkad's longship were all present and in some form of order, drawn up roughly five abreast and ten deep. He told his friend Yoma, the duguo of one of the tent groups of ten, to take over, keep them from more drinking, and he walked off to the head of the column. Arkil was talking to two of the Aeols. Like all the Himling dynasty, Arkil was tall, very broad-shouldered, with long blonde hair. Like all the Himlings, his arms were bright with gold. The Atheling smiled at Starkad. One of the Aeols spoke. "'Your crew are still slower than mine.' Wiglaf said. Starkad shrugged. He is still a puppy. Arkil's tone was light. Twenty-five winters you could hope for more, Wiglaf replied. I said he was too young to be one of the Duguth, let alone an Aeol. Starkad smiled in a way he hoped conveyed the gathering senility of his elders. A big man himself, he had some confidence in his own skill at arms and his ability to exact obedience. He did not bother to point out his men had been tasked with the rounding up of prisoners. 
The chiefs of the other fifteen ships began to come up in ones or twos. Arkil had a few words with each Aeol. It was not just stature Arkil had inherited. All the himlings of Hedensey had the gift of commanding men in war. It came naturally to them. They were Woden-born. Even Starkad's stepfather, Oslak, quiet, studious man that he was, had led several successful expeditions in his youth. Starkad's thoughts ran from Oslak to his mother, Kadlin, and from her to his father. He did not want to think about his father. Starkad looked at the arch spanning the road. It was a gateway that could not be shut and that connected to no walls, a thing of elaborate impracticality. In the torchlight, its relief carvings shifted. Men, heavily armed Roman-style or stark naked, killed trousered warriors whose faces were grotesquely bearded, almost bestial.